This is On the Radar with me, your host, Radar. And as always, I will talk to you about local and national sports and pop culture, episode 233. Remember, get your podcast anywhere, Apple, Google, or Spotify, Amazon. Please subscribe to the Spotify specifically so that I can start getting ads back on my podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel where we do weekly baseball observations of the regular season and currently hot stove moves and any baseball news to focus more on weekly movie review videos, television reviews. Like this past fall, I reviewed two new shows on NBC, The Irrational and the and the show called Found. Both were, were, were yeses for me and both got renewed. Crapopolis was already stone wedged, like put in there. It's like in stone that it got renewed for two seasons even before the first season started. So I reviewed that show. I didn't like the show, but you can check it out in another podcast to do a deep dive on new shows. As always, we got the Radar Football Podcast, Monday Morning Quarterback. The last one was recorded, obviously, during the Super Bowl. Same thing with the Super Bowl recaps are also on the on the RadarMedia.com. On the Radar Entertainment blog, we'll have all the links. Radar442 at the Blogger has a lot of stuff. Every single day, I'm doing celebrity birthdays. And baseball birthdays, you can check that out as well on the websites and all the links. Follow at the Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, X, whatever you call it. Again, Radar4428. Now, as always, you get to the news. Rest in peace to Evan McIntosh, or Ewan McIntosh. He's a Welsh actor, comedian, known for his role as Keith Bishop in the show The Office. He's passed the age of 50. He, um, that was literally what he was most famous for. Rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to Tony... Ganeos, who passed away to 64. He played the tough guy Perry in the 1979 film The Wanderers and Anthony Mee to Perlo in the 1981 comedy Porky's and its sequel. Rest in peace to him. And rest in peace to Robert Reed, the former basketball player, shooting guard, small forward. He passed away at age of 68. He went to St. Mary's in Texas. Samuel Clemens in high school was a second-round pick, 40th overall by the Rockets in 1977. He played till about 92. He wore 50 and 33. He started off with the Rockets in different stints, and then the Charlotte Hornets, Portland, back to Charlotte. Then he played for the Sixers in 91, and then as he coached for you know uh, overs as well. And um, he retired with 10,000 points, 4,000 rebounds, and 2,500 career assists. Rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to Robin Windstor, the British professional Latin ballroom dancer, best known for his appearances in BBC television series Strictly Come Dancing. His past wage of 44. Rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to Tom Priestley, the British film and sound editor whose career spanned from 61 to 90. His past wage at age of 91. And he f- did something for the original Great Graspy, The Return of Pink Panther. And uh, that was film editing and sound editing. He did Dunkirk, the original, and the, the and Doctor Who and the Daleks. Rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to Mark Lane. He was a Cowboys blogger for blogging the Cowboys. Passed away. Rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to Ben Lanzarone, the American poster, arranger, music director, best known for his composing soundtrack music for his shows, including Dynasty, Happy Days, and Tracy Ullman. He's a winner of the ASCAP's Most Performed Composer Award. He's ma- he was married to actress Eileen Graff. He said he died from lung cancer and he composed things for Love Boat, Dynasty, Happy Day. Mork and Mindy, Mr. Belvedere, Laverne and Shirley, Tracy Ullman Show, Matt Houston, Vegas. That's a lot of shows. Rest in peace to him at the age of 85. Rest in peace to Rita McKenzie. She was born in 1946. She's an actress known for Meet Wally, Spark, Shadowman, Prefer Blondes, and unauthor- Unauthorized Brady Brunch, The Final Day. She's passed away at age of 76. Rest in peace to her. Rest in peace to Randy Sparks. Was American musician, songwriter, and founder of the new Christi, Christy Minstrels in the Back Porch Majority. He passed away at age of 90. He, he performed as a trio, as I said, the Randy Sparks 3. Um, and, there was a, and they had a hit composed called Today. He composed Green, Green, Green with Barry McGuire, and he starred in the 1960 film The Big Night. He also wrote Saturday Night in Toledo, Ohio, which was made by John Denver. He composed a musical score for the 1964 film Advanced to the, to the Rear, a Civil War spoof. And then open, and then he helped with The Thunder Road as well. Music, so rest in peace, and he passed away of 90. 
Rest in peace, a lefty Driscoll, the former coach who coached in uh, uh, for a lot of teams where he won an NIT in 72 NCAA tournament, um, two ACC regular season, five SOCON regular season, three SOCON tournament, CA tournament, five regular season, CAAs, A student tournament, four ASN regular season, FIBA International, coach of the year by ACC twice, SoCal four, two coach of the years from CAA, Athletic Son of the Year, NCAA Award of Valor. He's in both the College Basketball Hall of Fame and the Professional Men's Basketball Hall of Fame. And he was the first coach to win more than 100 games at four different schools. He led programs at Davidson, Maryland, and James Madison University in Georgia State. He had a reputation as the greatest program builder in the history of basketball. He was the fourth winningest coach in NCAA history, and he retired with 21 seasons of 20 more wins and 21 conference or, corner, or conference tournament titles. He also played for college basketball at Duke. Left, rest in peace to Lefty Driscoll, Charles Grace. Rest in peace to Alexei Nahalvany. He's a Russian opposition leader, lawyer, and anti-corruption activist, political prisoner. He opposed anti-government administrations and ran for office to advocate reforms against corruption in Russia against Vladimir Putin, the president. He was a Russian opposition coordinator, council member, leader of the Russia Future Party, and the founder of the Anti-Corruption Foundation. He's recognized by Amnesty International as a prisoner of consequence and was awarded the Sokolov Prize for his work on human rights. He has passed away at the age of 47. Rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to cinematographer on James Bond films who was only 91 year old, Alec Mills. Rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to Kansas City radio station uh, DJ Lisa Lopez Galvin. She died in the, the shootings that happened in the Kansas City Chiefs parade. Rest in peace to former Major League pitcher Don Golett. He passed away to 73. He finished with a 109 and 50 win loss record, 311 ERA, and 921 strikeouts. He wasn't an all star. But when they had those big red machine teams that won between 75 and 70, you know, in the 70s, and they went to the Super, the World Series, and they went to, and they made the, and they, and they won some, and then he pitched for the Yankees in the 70s. He was a very important cog in those Reds teams because again, they have all the great position players: the Johnny Bench, Tony Perez, Pete Rose, and Frank Robinson. You know, and Ken Griffey Sr. So they a lot of these guys that were key members of that team. But you kind of need pitching. And he won four National League pennants with the Reds and obviously two championships in general. He was a member of the Yankees for the 77 and 78 championship team. He also coached for the Reds from 93 to 2005 and was inducted into their Hall of Fame in 2022. So he was a very important part of that team. So it's just sad that he's passed away to 73. Uh, happier news. Happy trails to Eric Hosmer. The 34-year-old third baseman has decided that after a brief appearance with the Chicago Cubs in 2023 where he didn't actually like play anywhere afterwards, that he decided to announce his retirement. At one point, he was considered one of the best two-way first basemen in baseball. Finished with a 276 batting average, which is good in this day and age, of people not batting anywhere near 300. He had 1,753 hits, so very close to 2,000 hits. Had 198 home runs, because he wasn't necessarily the power guy at 893 RBI. He'll be remembered his time in San Diego and Kansas City, but mostly Kansas City, where... He made his one all-star appearance. He helped the Royals go to two AL pennants and win the World Series. But he was known for his 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 glove. He won four gold gloves. He won three straight from 2003 to 2015. And he won his silver slugger in 2017. And he was on the all-world baseball classic team in 2017 for his performance where they won a gold medal in the World Baseball Classic. So he's got a gold medal and a World Series championship. Then when he became a free agent with the Royals, the Padres gave him this massive deal, and he wasn't really able to replicate the offensive numbers he had at 17 when he won the Silver Slugger, made the All-Star team, excuse me, won a gold glove, but he was still a good defensive player, and it didn't really work out, so obviously he went to Boston, then he went to the Red Sox, so it just didn't really work out there, but he'll be remembered as probably after Mark Sweeney, probably the second greatest first baseman ever suit up for the Kansas City Royals. And when he looks at his mantle, he'll be like, wow, I got an all-star, whatever, you know, jersey, ring, whatever they give out. Got the championship ring and maybe a replica trophy. He's got his gold glove awards, his silver slugger, and his gold medal. Like, those are things that he'll always cherish. And I felt like this guy was going to play until he's 40s, but fell off a cliff offensively. Happy trails to Matthew Slater, who probably goes down as the single greatest special teams player. Drafted as a wide receiver. As a fifth-round pick by the Patriots, he played his whole career there. He won three Super Bowls. He made five first-team All-Pro, three second teams. He was a 10-time Pro Bowler, literally, like, from 2011 to 2017, 
pro bowler. Took There was a year where he didn't make it this time, but again, he could have been like a, 10 straight like consecutively. He made the New England Patriots all 2010 team. They're all dynasty team. He won a Bart Starr Award, Art Rooney Award, and was a first team all Pac-12. He had 191 tackle, one forced fumble, one... uh. He had 46 receiving yards. Obviously, that's not what he did, but he probably will go down as one of the greatest special teamers, one of the greatest gunners, an old record for special team pro bowlers. He obviously has all the other accolades, and you know he didn't always have the longest career when it comes to playing football. But again, a lot of teams don't want to do special teams, but he played till he was 38. So again, like Devin Hester's greatest returner, this guy's the greatest other special teams player. Happy trails to Mike Davis, the running back retired at 31. They're not for long, like running backs don't stay that long. Former fourth-round pick for the 49ers, he played for the Seahawks, Bears, Panthers, Falcons, and Ravens. He was an all-SC team second team in 2013. He finished with 2,000 rushing yards, 14 rushing touchdowns, 1,000 receiving yards, and four receiving touchdowns. You know, serviceable backup running back, so not a bad career. And as we mentioned before about the whole DJ who passed away, you know, during the Kansas City Chiefs parade, well, apparently one person was, was, was they said was dead originally, and that was her, and nine were injured from a shooting during the parade. So that is, again, bad to see happening. Don't always get it. NBA, interesting story. There's a, there's a, a police investigation into Isaiah Stewart of the Pistons, their young center, who obviously lost his job to the the, the new young center for punching Drew Ebanks in the fate in the back of the tunnel of the Phoenix Arena today, that uh, six days ago, and that he he was going chest to chest before swinging to his face to connecting in his face, and they obviously were separated. But that's like, man, what are you doing, man? Have a clearer head. Last week we announced the women's American Cup qualifying roster. This time, here's the men's one. And obviously, we're right now playing in the NBA season. You're not going to really have guys. But the team has Justin Wright for him, this Jajarius Ramsey, and former NBA point guard, Alfred Payton. He's got some sets. Stanley Johnson, former small forward. Then they've had this Jace Johnson, Matthew Hurt, Dusty Harness, Roquan Gray, Will Davis. they got MCW, Michael Carter-Williams, again, serviceable NBA player. Then they have this Deontay Burton and Jordan Bell, former Golden State Warriors and Bulls power forward. So it's like they do have, they have do have some uh, uh, excuse me NBA players in MCW, Jordan Bell, Alfred Payne, Stanley Johnson. So that's not bad. I don't know. Usually the United States wins these things, but it's interesting. And then they announced that two juveniles were charged in the mass shooting at the Chiefs parade. So that you know there's some justice that's going to be served there. Great NBA story. A donor has been found for 11-year veteran and one-time NBA champion Scott Pollard. He now can undergo emergency heart transplant because of the genetic condition. He said that Scott wants to let everyone know that his pre-heart transplant hair is gone. It's go time. Please keep the prayers going for Scott, the surgeons, for the donor and his family. The donor gave the most thing give of life, and we are very grateful. There's been a large search because, again, he's got he needs to have a large enough heart to support a 6'11", 260-pound body. And it's been a challenge, but he's been in the hospital for a while now until he can actually get the heart. Because he said, I'm staying here until I get it because then they can go right away. And it's a really good story, so nice to hear that. NBA announced the finalists for the Naismith Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame with Chauncey Billups, who, again, had a very career, won a championship. I don't know if you consider him the best player on the Pistons that had Ben Wallace, Rasheed Wallace, Richard Hamilton, but he's he's definitely a candidate. Vince Carter. Turned himself from one of the greatest dunkers into one of the better NBA players all around. Michael Cooper is a great defensive player. Don't know much about Walter Davis and Bo Ryan and Charles Smith. Simone Augustus is one of the greatest WNBA players. Marion Washington, Dick Barnett, Harley Redden, Michael, Michelle Timms, Doug Collins, one of the greatest coaches and broadcaster. Herb Simon and Jerry West getting in as a an executive with the Lakers and the Golden State Warriors. And Clippers, I think, too, so that makes sense. Interesting football story. Jimmy Graham will roll across the Arctic Ocean for 15 straight days. 12 hours, the team will roll 24 hours a day, alternating two-hour shifts. 90 minutes, the team will sleep at a 90-minute maximum time. The team will aim to consume up to 80K calories per day. 24 hours, the team will experience 24 hours of daylight. So, cool thing for him to do. Check out the photos and the internet what it looks like. WNBA announced a trade of the Sparks acquiring Julian Mandler, Lee Yorinlu, and a 25 third-round pick for the Chicago Sky's number eight pick in the draft. 
I don't know why this guy would give up the pick because they're not going anywhere, but that's interesting. There's been a one. Uh, there was 11.6 million unique viewers, plus an up of 20% last year for the NBA All-Star Game, despite all the issues with it. Uh, Netflix announced that the Expos, when they left Montreal, there'll be a Netflix documentary coming about the setbacks that led to the team's departure and how it continues to spark the debate 20 years later. So that's really cool. They announced the spring training baseball hats. I mean, excuse me, the batting practice. They did the spring training already. So the Diamondbacks are going all black with a turquoise green snake. So an interesting color choice. The Reds are going red and white with a stripe and the Reds logo. Eh. Dodgers got two. They got the blue hat with this, the white D, the gray hat with pinstripes with a cursed blue D, and then the Dodgers logo that they, they've had before. And I was like, that logo's cool. The Mets have a road one, apparently, that is blue and orange lettering with a gray pinstripes and blue. It's not bad. It's not the greatest. And um, the Giants one, they're going with that huge baseball with the Giants, which is the logo they've done before, so that's nice. All black. Braves are going white with pinstripes again and like a dark blue and then like a red A. That's fine. Guardians got a weird logo. Black. We'll go navy blue, red with two stripes in the Guardians logo. Eh. Yankees got a blue hat with a pinstripe Yankee logo with a white bill. Interesting. Mariners going white again. These interesting like pinstripe thing with the white S and not so great. Orioles are going white and their color scheme with the black and the bird. Not bad. Rockies going all purple with pinstripes and the mountains logo with the baseball. That's always cool. Marlins going pinstripe with a fish logo and turquoise. Not bad. Yankees are going some inverse logo that says Yankees with a Yankee doodle cap. And I like that logo. I wish they use it more. But again, blue and gray. Cardinals going all black and red with the S-A-S-T-L. Red Sox are going with a hat they've done before, like all red with a blue B. Tigers going with the Detroit logo with a black with a blue and orange stripe on a multicolored hat. Eh. Brew, but at least the Brewers are going with that old school big barrel of beer hitting a baseball with a blue, two different blue hats. The A's are going green and yellow like their colors with a elephant holding baseball bats. I like when they use that logo. Tampa Bay is using the Tampa Bay color scheme for the logo with a ray, but it's one solid hat better than the other one. Cubs are going with the all blue hat with the angry cup. That's not bad. Astros going different scales of yellow to orange with two with multiple color hat with the logo. Eh. Twins are going stripes with the new N with the dot with the diamond. And eh, it's okay. Phillies going blue and re- red. That's their color scheme. I love it because it's got the fanatic. That's amazing. Rangers are going with that T they've done in some of their logos, but it's red, white, and blue hat. Makes sense. I like the White Sox one. All black with the sock inside of a baseball diamond. That's a logo they did in the early 2000s. I like that. Royals are kind of doing too much. We're having to have the Kansas City lettering and the letter R inside a crown. It's a little bit too much, but blue and white, that's their color scheme. The Mets have a second one that is like white pinstripes with a bunch of blue and red stripes. It's kind of weird. Or maybe orange and blue around the logo. Eh. Pirates have the stars and stripes with the Pirates P and all yellow gold on black. And they've done that before. You know, I remember with Dave Parker. Blue Jays have a two-tone blue color hat with the current logo. Not bad. Nationals are going with an all-red hat with some pinstripes and a black bill. I like that with a DC. Not bad. Instead of the silly cursive Walgreens W. Padres, brown and yellow gold with white. And then there's like pinstripes. I don't really get it with the SD logo. Angels are going all navy blue and red with the Angels logo. That's not bad. And the White Sox second one is taking the 80s color scheme, you know, late 80s 90s color scheme of the red white and blue but they're using the diamond with the base with the sock i find that to be super cool like really really cool there now then let's get to other news aj mccarron i don't know if we covered it last week was released lane newmark is now the assistant gm for you know washington he works with the lions there's daryl tapp is the defensive line coach for washington while mark tressman has been hired to be an offensive coach with the Chargers, remember him? He used to be a Ravens coordinator. He worked in Canada. He was the Bears head coach. It didn't work out. It's interesting. He is a good offensive mind. So it's good that, that you're going to have him on the staff with Justin Herbert. And this Peter Carmichael is going to be senior advisement for like the senior offensive assistant for like Denver. He worked with New Orleans. Julian Alcora is going to be going to the Eagles. The Bears cut Cody Whitehair and Eddie Jackson to clear cap space, but Eddie Jackson at some times have been good. 
Jackson Reitz, Jackson Reitz is going to be the game, the the pass game coordinator for Seattle. Nate Coriel is going to be the pass game coordinator for Carolina. Swift Daniel, um, excuse me, Taylor Swift donates 100k to the victims of the of the family that lost the DJ. Shannon Sharp side extension with ESPN and first take. Again, he's on a roll. He just coached the NBA celebrities All Star game. He's on a roll. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo has been suspended for two game suspension. Apparently he took a drug that is legal, but you have to sign a waiver in order to do it, which he did not. It looks like the Raiders are definitely going to cut him because they need to start over from scratch. I wonder who will pick him up. No, he's got a two game suspension. After we mentioned that Spagnola was extended by the Chiefs, they're extending their defensive coordinator, Dave Tao, which makes sense. They had a great special teams there. This Paul Gunter is going to be the Dallas uh, defensive run coordinator, formerly the Bengals in Vegas. Jeff Zonia is going to be defensive uh, backs like thing. So, and then Greg Ellis would be assistant off, uh, you know, the coach there. Kelly Maith is uh, uh, Travis Kelsey is matching the donation that Taylor Swift had. Brian McCrenna is going to be the wide receiver coach in Tampa Bay. And um, CBS apparently netted $60 million for the 10 added bonus uh, advertising they had because of overtime, which is nice for them. And some sad news, Steve, uh, Michael had to have a transfusion because of an illness, but he's doing better, so it's good to hear. Ravens have extended Nelson Aguilar because he turned out to be a good pickup for them. Patriots got Lawrence Guy, Adrian Phillips, and Trent Brown. David Rogby is going to be the Quebec quarterback's coach for Los Angeles Rams. Former the Falcons, Nick Schoenstein is going to be the pass game coordinator for Los Angeles Rams, formerly Iowa. Rich Sacronano is going to be the QB's coach for Vegas, formerly Kent. Tyson Davis Price is going to Philadelphia. Trace, Trace, uh, Tracy Walker was cut. Joe Philbin's going to be an offensive assistant for the Vegas, and he's been a coordinator before, so that's a good move there. And they pushed the Daytona 500 back due to weather. For every single like head coaching, um, and I mean assistant coaching, and all these other people going from like college to professional, you can obviously I don't want to take away traffic from my website and my page, but the best thing is to always go to Pro Football Chase on Facebook. They, I think they have on Twitter and Instagram too because they got a lot of different stories and other things on there that could be helping you out. But I think find it interesting that the former Falcons offensive coordinator is a quarterback coach for the Rams. You know, so certain guys are getting like demotions, but they're getting, teams are getting well more qualified people to work for them. Like again, the Cowboys hiring the former Bengals and Raiders defensive coordinator as their defensive run coordinator is a little bit confusing. Hiring the former Commanders defensive line coach as their defensive line coach. Hiring a former defensive end in Southern Western Assemblies, Assemblies head coach as their defensive line coach. A lot of confusing. Like titles going from one to the other to doing that. That makes it, makes it hard to figure things out. And the Seahawks stealing the Rams passing coordinator to be their pass game coordinator is interesting. To be doing that in division, and the Seahawks lose their off, their offensive assistant Nick Carroll, but obviously the whole new staff going to the Panthers. Again, it's all these different things where you're doing it. But again, the Broncos took P. Carmichael to be their offensive assistant because he was fired by the Saints. He doesn't have a job. And again, if you work for the Saints and you're and you need a job and you know Sean Payton, that's definitely going to happen. They also announced that Al Davis will remain on the Cowboys staff. That's interesting decision for them. Now, again, basketball news is that Nate Robinson unfortunately needs to have surgery for his kidney. He needs, like, a kidney transplant. Hopefully, the, the three-time slam dunk champion will get that. Bones Highland and Peter Tucker were actually sent home before the All-Star break, and Peter Tucker was fined 75 k for his comments about wanting to be traded not being there. And we talked about it last week that he said he, there was a report that he was just not going to be the team. The Clippers are a playoff team. I don't know why they can't use P.J. Tucker. Don't ask me. Uh, Reggie Miller signed a multi-year extension with TNT, so you're going to see him for a while. The Celtics, they're making a documentary of this current season, and it'll be shown, like, next year. So I think that's interesting that they're going to do a documentary of the Celtics. Danilo Gallinari, I knew when he got traded this, you know, year, he was going to be bought out, and he went to the Bucks, so that gives him another three-point shooter. 
Caitlin Clark is now the all-time leading scorer in women's basketball history with over 35,000, 3,528 plus points and counting. Jockwell Jones is re-signing his thing with Liberty. Again, a team that has heard Sabrina Inescu and Brianna Stewart is definitely going to compete. DeLon Wright, I knew when he got bought out, he went to Miami. It's a good pickup for them. Sabrina Inescu, when she competed this weekend in the three-point contest for Steph Curry, tied the highest mark for the men's, which was 26, but Steph obviously won. The Pacers as a team won the skills competition. Martin and Turner and obviously Halliburton. Matt McClung defended his title and won the slam dunk, but at least this year with the youngster Toppin and Hammy Haskett, they put on a good showing. Jalen Brown is an all-star, played in it, in the competed in it, which was good. And a three-point shootout, Damian Lillard won it back-to-back. And outside of Malik Beasley, I'm really surprised like how many guys that participate in it are like all-stars. Like I'm not joking, man. Like they they're all of them are people that are, you know, were in it. So that's where I'm just like. So again, when you got Jalen Brunson who made the All-Star team, they asked him to participate. When they asked Tyrese Halliburton, who's an All-Star and it's in Indianapolis, for him to compete. Then they asked Laurie Marketing, who has who's not an All-Star this year, but was last year. That's nice. Donovan Mitchell is currently an All-Star. Carl Anthony Towns, who's won it before and is an All-Star. And Trey Young, who is an All-Star and is a great three-point shooter. As I mentioned, if Malik Beasley is the only non-guy who's ever been to an All-Star team in the competition, you know, that's not bad to get a lot of All-Stars to do that. Uh, Jordan Jackson, he won the G League Slam Dunk Contest, and apparently he's the son of Cheryl Swoops and won her, wore her jersey. That's a good health health story. Unfortunately for the Nets, Jock Vaughn has been fired. This guy started off as an NBA player, worked for Greg Popovich, got the Orlando Magic job, which a lot of times is not a great job unless it was when Dwight Howard was there or when Shaq was there where they were playoff teams and went to the finals that... You know, he's been around the block. And it, there was times where he's with the Nets and he's been the interim head coach. Like when they fired guys before because he's on the staff. And then obviously, I don't know if he returned to San Antonio at one point after being fired by Orlando. But then they hired someone else. They hired Steve Nash. And then they're like, you know what, we're just going to go with this guy. When he was the interim, when Kenny Atkinson was fired, I'm 99% sure. And then he was the head coach with the Nets when Steve Nash was fired. They just gave him the full-time gig. Now they've announced they've fired him again. I never thought the Nets were going to be good. They've already, as I said, no Kevin Durant, no Kyrie Irving, no James Harden. Ben Simmons is a walking injury and doesn't seem to want to play. Mikael Brothers and Cam Johnson and Dorian Finney-Smith were nice players that they got in return for some of these trades. But for the most part, it's not like, oh yeah, this, this team's really good. There shouldn't be that much expectation. But former uh, college coach Kevin Ollie, former NBA player, and he's been an assistant in the, w, in the NBA before, he's not going to be the interim. Maybe this will open up the door for him to be the Nets full-time head coach or get a steady NBA coaching job because I know he coached at UConn. Um, Damian Lillard also won the All-Star Game MVP. And he's only joined Michael Jordan as the only player to win a competition and an All-Star Game MVP in the same weekend, which is pretty cool. It's enough to compete in it but to, to play in it. The Knicks... Uh, and New York City announced that February 18th will be now known as Todd Gishman Day. That's really cool. Love them in Chicago. Good for him. Mike Conley got a two-year extension over $21 million with Minnesota. Because, again, they're the number one seed in the conference or a top seed. And I'm surprised about that this season. And at the same time, wow. Really surprised about that. And that's good for him. He gets the deal there. The Eastern Conference won 211 to 186 over the West. They never ever scored 200 points. That's that's interesting that they scored that many points in the game there. Baseball news. The, Owens, the Cespedes Family Barbecue, this baseball content company and group of people, are moving over to Yahoo Sports. Yankees officially signed Lou Trevino to come back to them after he missed time. I wasn't really sure. I didn't write it down when I recorded my video last week, but he's on the Yankees. Mike Moustakas has been signed to mind you about the White Sox, and that's an amazing signing due to the fact that Yoan Moncada never stays healthy. And they stupidly traded Jake Berger last year. So, again, Nicky Lopez, he's on the roster as a utility player. You know, but again, Moustakis is not the world's great defensive player, especially when he played second base. He was manageable. But, again, that's a good clubhouse guy. That's a good guy to have on the team. 
I know you're like, oh my God, more Kansas City Royals. Jose Caballero has announced that he's going to be the starting shortstop for Tampa Bay. I will get to that in a moment. Rob Manfred did announce that when his term ends at the end of this decade, he is not going to come up for re-election. So when that happens, we will say, was it a good impact or not on baseball? I don't know. Blue Jays have signed Eduardo Espar to minor league deal. And with him and IKF, let's say they're both on the team, you got third base handled. You got the utility infield handle. The only problem is Espinal's made an all-star team. Schneider's a young prospect that they have. And Biggio's a good, versatile player. They have three starting second basemen. So you really can't determine, like, okay, is Espar going to obviously make the team if one guy's going to play second base and the other two are going to be backups and IKF's going to play third base, you're going to need an actual outfielder. This whole system of Kevin Kiermaier gets a day off and you slide Dalton Varsho, a natural born catcher, to center field and you play, like, Biggio in left field or something, or IKF in left field. It's not the best situation, in my opinion, but whatever. Whit Merrifield, formerly the Blue Jays, who was also a guy who would be starting in left field every time they moved Varsho to center field, has signed a deal with the Phillies. I don't get this. First, Adam Frazier goes to Kansas City, and they have a set infield, and he's not really an outfielder. Now, we have Whit Merrifield going to the Phillies, and between Stott, Bohm, and Trey Turner, three-fourths of the infield is set, and Bryce Harper is now going to become a full-time first baseman. Not happy with that move. That's another thing. So again, where's he gonna play? Now they got Rojas and they got the and they got Brandon Marsh and they're gonna DH Schwarber and they got Castellanos. So they it's not like the outfield is set, but again, don't want to see Whit Merrifield playing left field on a regular basis. That's why I'd rather Bryce Harper in right field, Castellanos in left field, and then between Marsh and Rojas, one will play center and one will be the fourth outfielder, and that would mean Bohm could play some games at first base. And then you could put Whit Merrifield at third base. But then I forget, they have Edmundo Soso also. So it's like, where's the basket be for Whit Merrifield? He could help out a lot of teams. There's a lot of teams that don't have a good second baseman, like the White Sox in general. You're not sure what they're doing in Cleveland and with their middle infields, how they're setting it up. Detroit, going with a prospect, and Baez is not good at shortstop. It's like, hasn't been good. Like, Orioles, Westberg, okay, he's going to be a second baseman. Okay, like, again, there's there are possible teams that Whit Merrifield could have really, really helped that are either playoff teams or just teams that need someone to play there every single day. And that's where I'm just like, huh. Okay, that's where you want to go. You want to be on a playoff team, that's fine. Keston here is signing my deal with the Tigers because I just mentioned, they're going with a prospect at second base. But that doesn't mean that Keston here can sneak his way onto the team. He's a former bat first prospect, so he can play anywhere if need be. Padres announced that Xander Bogart is going to play second base. I've talked about this on my video. This is very, very, very stupid. You spend all this money on extending Fernando Tatis to be your franchise player. You gave Manny Machado all this money and made a big deal that he's okay with playing third base, even though he really only wants to be a shortstop. You get a young guy like Cronenworth comes up. He plays second base. You get Hassan Kim all this money. You know, and Machado's third. Kim is moved to second base. Machado, you know, and Tatis was playing shortstop, but then you moved... You know, Cronenworth the first base, eventually. Then you send all this money on Bogarts, who we all know is an offensive first player, bat first guy, not great on this base pass, all this other stuff. And as someone who's a huge Red Sox fan, Bogarts came up as a third baseman because the Red Sox had like a Glacius and had a shortstop at that time. He moved to shortstop, but everyone's like, eventually this guy's going to have to move to third base again or move to first base. And I'm just like, okay, you're going to move second base. If he's not great at shortstop, I don't think he's going to be good at second base. He's more of a corner guy. And you're moving Kim back from second base to shortstop. And you're still keeping Cronenworth to first base. And Tatis will want to go up in right field. And Machado staying at third base. Like, this is just them accepting they made a mistake in having themselves all these shortstops and not line them up the right spot. I never was going to say that you should have Bogarts or Cronenworth in the outfield or Kim in the outfield. But Tatis want to go glove in right field. That worked out. Machado's great at third base. I just not the best idea moving Bogarts second base. That's just me. I personally wouldn't do it, but I think he should be playing first base and let Cronenworth play second base. That's just me. Sacramento announced they could potentially be hosting the Oakland A's until they have a place to play in Vegas. Sacramento's in California. It's not San Jose, but it's not that far away. Daniel Vogelback has signed a deal with the Blue Jays. Again, they got Justin Turner at DH, and they got Vladdy at first base. Don't see him getting into that situation of playing time. G-Man Choice on a money deal with the Mets. Again, they got Pete Alonzo, and they're keeping DJ Stewart as a bat-first backup outfielder in DH. G-Man Choice could figure out a way in there to play first base or DH. Especially if the Mets are out of it and they trade 
Alonzo or Stewart and guys like that at the deadline. Dream and Choi still on the roster. You can still use him. Kung Fu Panda signed a minor league deal to go back to San Francisco. I think he played overseas or in, in, in Central America. So there's no way he's going to make this team. It's not 100% because they got a lot of utility guys who are going to take up spots in the team like VR, J.D. Davis. You know, they're going with a young rookie shortstop. They have, they have themselves, you know, uh, Wilmer Flores. And they're having Lamonte Wade, an outfielder, already playing first base. But it would be nice if he's on the team because they're not a playoff team. White Sox have brought back Brian Shaw on a minor deal. And again, he was pretty useful for the White Sox at the end of the season when they needed veterans to pitch out of the bullpen when they traded everyone. Randall Grichuk signed a deal with the D-backs. And they said he's not going to start the season. I find that interesting. When you lock up Gurriel and you sign Jock Peterson, you already have McCarthy, Thomas, and Corbin Carroll, the reigning rookie of the year. And Pavin Smith, who's really a first baseman DH. They don't have a lot of room. But Gritchick is a useful outfielder, and they could always, I don't know if Thomas or McCarthy have minor, minor league options, but again, it's good flexibility to have. Uh, Luke Voigt, apparently he's going back to New York, and he's with the Mets on a deal. Again, at one point, even though it was a strike short in season, like he led the league in home runs. Like Again... He only has 95 career home runs, but again, with Cardinals, they always have so many position players, and when you're a first baseman DH, either before the DH or after the DH, there's not a lot of room. The Yankees had him, and he was pretty productive with the Yankees. Bounced time between San Diego, Washington, and Milwaukee last year until he got hurt. Like, that's a good move for the Mets again, like G-Man Choi. You get guys in case Pete Alonso gets traded at the deadline, or you got a lot of injuries to overcome. Torinos. And J.J. Hardy, Adam Jones, Ben McDonald, Scott McGregor, Eddie Murray, Ben Brian Roberts, and Matt Weeders announced as special coaches for spring training. McDonald and McGregor are like 80s, 90s players if you haven't heard of them. Eddie Murray is like a Hall of Famer who had 3,000 hits and 500 home runs. Brian Roberts was their also second baseman when they were good. Matt Weeders was their catcher. He never left to his poten- their potential that he's supposed to be, but he was a good catcher at some point. Hardy, we know the gold glove two-way shortstop. Chiritos played a little bit for them, so it's interesting that they want to bring him back. And Adam Jones, outside of Paul Blair, those are the two best center fielders in Orioles history. Brandon Woodruff has signed a two-year deal to stay in Milwaukee. He's probably out for the whole entire season, so this is them saying, I like pitching here. I've been an all-star with you. We've had postseason. We've made the postseason before. We traded Corbin Burns. Like, we just need to know that this guy's going to come back. And if you're already trading the facility, you know everybody, it's a good move. Liam Hendricks signed with the Red Sox. Now, there's no guarantee he's going to pitch any point this season, but it's a two-year deal that adds a good move, and he goes to a team I like. So it's not like a man. Liam Hendricks going to a team I hate. Dave Robert, excuse me, David Peralta has signed a deal with the Cubs. Now, the Cubs already are set in left field with Ian Happ, and they want to go with pre-curl Armstrong in center field. Okay, cool, but who's going to play right field? Like, uh, that's one of my questions. And Peralta's played right field in his career, while Christopher Morell is bouncing around like a utility guy. Mike Talkman's a good backup outfielder, so I feel like that's going to be a good decision for them because he could play right field, he could DH, he's going to give him flexibility in the outfield, and he's got a good bat. And then they also picked up Dominic Smith, and again, they have like Mervis, I think his name is Jared Young, they got Wisdom, they got... A plenty of guys who play first base, but it's also good organizational depth. Uh, uh, Henjin Ryu, like, it's a little bit surprising that no one has signed him in the Major League deal. I know we had Tommy John and he was coming back from it, but he's been a very good pitcher for Los Angeles and the Blue Jays when he's been healthy. That I didn't think it was going to come to this, that he was going to go all the way back to Korea to play there. Like, I just thought he was still going to pitch in Major League Baseball, you know, but I guess it just didn't work out. Brandon Nimmo, they announced the Mets that he's going to be playing left field because they signed Harrison Bader. And that was one of my questions. Harrison Bader has won one gold glove, has been a nominee, and should have been a nominee pretty much every year he played. He's really good defensively. But Nimmo, who doesn't stay healthy, and with the fact that the Mets no longer have like Canna and all these bad first guys playing left field, what, how are they going to line up? And I was like, maybe they move Marte to left field because he spent most of his career in left field. Nope. You get Nimmo and and Bader and Marte in the outfield. All three of them are natural-born center fielders, so that's like a good offensive thing. Red Sox announced they're going to be wearing a number 49 patch for Tim Wakefield this season. That's a good way to honor him. Um, and then, as I mentioned about Caballero starting a shortstop, they just signed Ahmed Rosario. Now, Brandon Lau is the everyday second baseman, right? They, Paredes had a breakout season at third base, and Yanni Diaz is a first base. They're like, okay, 
Is he going to be a shortstop? Because, like, they just announced this utility guy from the Mariners, Caballero, who they got in a trade. He's going to be everyday shortstop. And they got a prospect of shortstop coming up, and they got a few backups on their team. It's like, what are they going to do? Because I was saying, like, the Rays are one of the teams where I'm like, if they're a playoff team, do they really want to go with the utility guy or start a prospect there that they could use someone at the deadline or they could sign Tim Anderson or Ahmed Rosario and they win and sign Ahmed Rosario? So that was, like, good intuition on me. It's just, again... Is he going to play shortstop? He's not a great defensive shortstop. Maybe Caballero comes in a defensive replacement. If Brandon Lau gets hurt like he always does, you slide him over to second base. found that interesting. Other sports news. George Kukovukovic is out as the Pac-12 commissioner. Uh, Vern Lundquist is going to be calling his finals Masters on CBS this year 2024. Unfortunately, Mike Kennedy missed his first game. He had a streak of over like 1,000 uh, games of calling games for Wichita State because he has cancer. Hopefully he gets better. There's been 2 million subscriptions for last year's MLS season pass. Kate Snow stepped out as an anchor in NBC News lately on Sundays. And this James Bones Mackey has been announced to be a golf uh, analyst for NBC. Now the entertainment news. Queens... Lardy was renewed. Queens, you know, Queens Lardy... Oh, Queen's Lord, that was renewed. Season 2 of Peacock, Rose Point Reception Society is having a pilot coming to NBC. Will Smith is going to be in the Signal Bandits, so good he's in a new thing. Three new dramas are coming to Peacock. One of them is going to be a Seema Limu show. That's good if you're going to watch on Peacock. Adam Polly and Steph Curry at a show called Mr. Throwback that was really going to NBC, but they decided that it's going to go to Peacock, so it can start right away. A little sad there. B. Witch is getting a reboot. Boo! The TV show was one thing. The movie was horrible. Like, stop rebooting these things. Stallone's going to be in this called Anthony. Uh, Ethan Hawke and Daniel Radcliffe and uh, Jess, Jessica Biel are going to be in this thing called Bats, Bat, Batso, so that's interesting. Kyle Lunch is going to be in this thing called Finding Normal. And um, Molly Shannon's going to be in this in the new season of Only Murders in the Building. Fool was canceled season two at Hulu. Scrabble's game shows come to CW with a Trivial Pursuit show again, making game shows off board games. It's really interesting. And Wanda Sykes is going to be in this thing called Undercord. And Charlie Murphy is going to be in this thing called Safe Harbor. David Harewood is now the president of this like academy in uh, England for drama and a revost the vice president. Sean William Scott and Rob Rego in a scene called Bad Men. Those are two pretty good actors. Wicked City was renewed for season three at this AHBILK station I've never heard of. And Joy Taylor says she's going to be in Dune 2, so watch out for that. John Hamm is going to be in this thing called Can, Canned Man. Or Land Man, excuse me. Dylan O'Brien's going to be in this thing called Twitches. Homecoming for All-American is going to be in the summer, and Superman and Lois' final season will be out in the fall. Good to know that one of the best shows that just ended last spring is not coming back the following spring or even the following summer. It's going to be all the way in the fall, and All-American, which ended in the spring, at least is going to be out in the summer. Homecoming. Um, April 3rd, they have Walker, followed by this thing called Sight Unseen. I don't know if that's them getting the rights to a new show or something. April 1st, check your calendars for regular All-American Sherlock's Daughter is a show that's going to CW. Interesting. F-Girl Island has now been rebranded to be called Lovers and Liars. That's on the CW. Evils is ending with season four. Is ending with, excuse me, with season four. And they're adding four more episodes to end the arc. I watched that show. And as I've told you, the first three episodes out of four were good. I just didn't think it had to be an automatic renewal. Like you could have waited till the end of the season. I tried to watch it with my dad, and he somewhat got into it, but then didn't really like it. Then it went straight to streaming of Paramount Plus, and I just never watched it. There's going to be a migration sequel with Gerard Butler and Marina Baccarin. Interesting movie. Jane, this Jamie Kamil is going to be added to the cast in some episodes for the season two of Lopez vs. Lopez. It already has Madrigal, so it's interesting to get these Hispanic funny people on the show. And apparently they're going to make a Teen Titans movie. I will say this, the proper Teen Titans movie always will be Dick Grayson Robin, Wally West Kid Flash, uh, Aqualad, and Speedy, you know, 
arrow, uh, red arrow, whatever you want to call it, red arrow, uh, arsenal, like that character, and then Wonder Girl, Diana, Diana Troy, and then you add Beast Boy, Starfire, Cyborg, and Raven, and you can go with any possibility after that. Um, Sam Rockwell, Haley Richardson, Mike, uh, Mike, uh, Rena and Zazie Beats are going to be in this thing called Odd Luck, uh, uh, Good Luck, uh, Hate, Fun, Don't Die. Something, a really long title. Gabriel Glaces, Rob Schneider are going to be voicing these characters in this Rock Bottom thing. Caleb Andrew Jones is going to be a Christoph Waltz in this Dracula movie coming. Money Heist spinoff called Berlin has got a season two renewal of Netflix. Rebecca Hall is going to be in this thing called Ella McCoy. Sydney Sweeney and Josh Brolin are going to be hosting SNL. Walmart bought Vizio, apparently. The TV company, Zoe Deutsch, is going to be in threesome. And um, Arjun Martin is joining Chad Harrington in rom-com threesome. Al Richardson and Kevin James are going to be in this action comedy called Playdate. Really funny guy and a really good action guy. Natasha Leone and Simon Baker are going to be in Clara and the Sun adaption. Jillian Bell, funny lady, Will Forte, Damon Wayne Jr. And this Brianne Holly are going to be in Kind of Prenton with Amy Schumer. That sounds to be really funny. FUBU TV is suing Fox and Disney Warner Brothers because they're going to have this whole joint venture of streaming of sports. And they're like, hey, we're supposed to do that. Come on. Josh Close is going to be in American Solitaire. Gene Smart to be in this End of Life limited series. And bigger casting news is uh, Pedro Pascal is going to be Mr. Fantastic. Vanessa Kirby is going to be The Visible Woman. Joseph Quinn is going to be Johnny Thunder. And this Eben Moss Bosch, Elson Moss Baku... Whatever his real name is, I can't pronounce it. He's going to be the thing. He's a Jewish actor. Never heard of him, but again, Pedro Pascal is a very good actor, so it's going to be interesting to see how he portrays that. And Vanessa Kirby, be interesting how she portrays a visible woman because we got obviously Jessica Alba for that. And again, I don't know much about the guy playing Johnny Thunder, but again, no one really knew that much about, you know, Chris Evans when he, you know, was Johnny Thunder, and then that put him over the top, and he was in Avengers, and he was in all these other movies and things like that. And lastly, they announced Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, families, and the families of John and George have granted full life story and musical rights for a scripted film where they're going to do a movie about every single Beatle, but they're all going to be somehow connected but not connected. So so it's going to be good. They're going to make like Beatles universe movies about each specific member and that's a cool way to do it. Uh, Will Sharp is going to be playing Genius Mozart for a musical. I find that to be interesting as well. And Remember, forget your podcast, Apple, Google, or Spotify. Rest in peace, everyone who passed away. Happy trails, everyone who retired, everyone who's battling illness. Hopefully, everyone gets better. I just want to say one thing. The success of Sabrina Inescu and Steph Curry competing in the competition for like uh, them doing just a three-point shootout competition and stuff, that is cool and dandy, but again... They've done this before, I'm going to keep telling you. So the movie's called Good Luck, Have Fun, Don't Die. I got that right. What I'm saying is what they need to do is just bring back what they already had, which was a shooting stars competition where you got spots in the corner, and you have to hit them in order, and you got three participants for each team in a timed event. Current NBA player who's like an all-star, or it could be a rookie sophomore, guy's rising star guy who's there, or a guy who's already competing in another competition. It doesn't matter. You get a former NBA player, and then you also get a WNBA player, and usually they're the ones that, do the whole entire where they make the half-court shot more than the other guy. That's what they should have, and that's what I'm going to say is that they've done this before. They took the different spots on the court shooting, and they decided to add it to the skills competition. The skills competition was way too long. It doesn't need to be three to four rounds of competition and then tiebreaker. It's the bread and butter of the skills competition, no matter if it's centers or point guards, is you go around an obstacle course doing every skill possible in a time thing, then you eliminate people and you get to the end. That's what it did when you got the likes of Steve Nash, Derrick Rose, Dwayne Wade, and guys competing in it, Kobe Bryant, let's say. Like, that's what it's supposed to be. 
I don't get the whole skills competition where you add a bunch of other things, make it dragged out, and then for years you're like, what are we going to put in the space of shooting stars? Well, we'll make the skills longer, stupid. We will have some Kevin Hart thing or this other thing going on. It's like, no, just have the competition back like how it's supposed to be because that's literally what it's supposed to be. And Hulu's also been rumored as a name for the sport, uh, as, as the place for the joint streaming venture for those who are interested. That's where I'm like, okay, cool. That would be nice if that's the thing because everyone will be like, oh, I really know that thing. Dylan O'Brien is in Twin Lest. Sorry, I can't pronounce stuff. Landman for John Ham. And that channel's called All Black. Again, never heard of it. Bad Man is what Rob Riggle's going to be in. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Last weekend was the NBA All-Star Weekend. Check out later this week. I'll have a recap of like the first half of things I was right and wrong about because... Again, a lot of things I've been right about and a lot of things I've been wrong about when it comes to the whole entire um, predictions on like things going to this and things going there. Like that is what it is. I forgot to mention this because I can't read my own handwriting. This guy named Martin Bob Semple, who I don't know his name, is one of the characters in All American Homecoming, and they've announced he's going to be a series regular. I don't like this because they said the new season of All American Homecoming is they've downgraded a lot of the actors to supporting cast to cost cut the cost the cut costs but then you decided to make this guy a regular and not the other guys like I, it's like picking and choosing who you want to do if you're going to just do it just do it that's just my opinion on that sort of situation where you're picking and choosing people but again thank you for listening to episode of on the radar as always we talk about local and national sports and pop culture I said Brittany Stowe is going to be in The Hunting Wives. Kellen Lutz is in Finding Normal. Um, as always, just wherever you get your podcast, wherever. Again, thanks for listening. I'm Radar for On the Radar. This was episode 233. See you guys next time.